Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Coronavirus is dominating, isn't it? And uh, the headlines in the papers, pretty dramatic ones. The Irish Independent this morning says, don't answer the door, strict isolation plan to contain the virus. Health chiefs predict a surge in suspected cases, although we still don't have a confirmed case. And the Irish Examiner headline says, use the phone if risk of virus is in the home. HSC says, avoid physical contact if awaiting test result as fears grow. So the person in question should be in their bedroom, it seems, and um, um, well ventilated um, and uh, waiting for the result. And while that's happening... They need to contact by phone and text and WhatsApp message um, other people in the house. Uh, well, that might happen anyway, I suppose, to some extent. You never know, do you? Um, but we want to chat to uh, some people uh, who are looking at this from different perspectives. And Ireland's Chief Medical Officer, Tony Holohan, says it is likely we will see a case in Ireland. Uh, there's been uh, 90 suspected cases of coronavirus here so far, but none confirmed as such. And the virus continuing to spread across Europe. Cases now being confirmed in Austria, Croatia and and Switzerland alongside the other countries um, like Italy uh, where uh, they have had quite a few cases and uh, as we know the Ireland-Italy Six Nations rugby match was indeed called off for now anyway uh, by the IRFU yesterday after that advice uh, from the government and uh, the still Minister for Health Simon Harris. Uh, so Dr Ray O'Connor who's a friend of the Limerick Today show and uh, local uh, GP is uh, on the line and uh, we also have Pierce Kelly uh, Keller, uh, who is on the board of the Irish Travel Agents Association and MD of Keller Travel World Choice. Uh, he is uh, on the phone and with me in the studio, uh, we have Declan Hughes, uh, who you've heard on the show before of Fly, Cruise, Stay. And uh, you're welcome as well, Declan. Um, Dr. Ray, uh, where do you feel we stand uh, this Thursday morning when it comes to the coronavirus, the risk of it? And maybe you could briefly explain why this would be potentially worse than the flu, which we know exists in Ireland and we know can be a killer as well. Yeah. Good morning, Joe. Um, Well, I suppose uh, one of the big problems here is the level of uncertainty. Um, I suppose the flu, you know, we're kind of used to the flu. And like this is a kind of a form of the flu, if you like, in that it's a viral infection. I remember that pandemic flu in 1918 killed, you know, an awful lot of people. And, you know, SARS back in 2001 was quite a severe infection as well. So um, the fear, I suppose, of the thing coming and the fear of it, you know, creating severe uh, viral infections, um, that's the kind of worry, really, that, that people have. And where we're at at the moment is that there's attempts globally to try and contain it, um, and stop it becoming. And, you know, this was successfully done with with the SARS uh, infection back in the early noughties, around 2001, 2003. And, um, you know, the same kind of uh, precautions were put in place at that time. <clears throat> I remember, you know, people would come in, either person who had a confirmed case took the swab, it went off by taxi, and, you know, there was a big fuss. But then, like, a week later, uh, we were getting cases right, left and centre. And, you know, it, it stopped from being a containment to 
uh, just uh, attempting to maybe you know isolate people uh, who had it, and um, particularly, and I think this is the important one, preventing its spread to vulnerable people. So the people who are most at risk of getting severe infections, though, would be people who've got pre-existing illnesses, say people with diabetes, heart disease, chronic obstructive airways disease. Um, you know, the kind of person, like if you get the flu vaccine regularly from your GP, uh, then, you know, you'd be at increased risk of this um, infection and you really kind of don't want to get it. So the only people that should be isolating themselves, as you kind of speak, as you discussed there earlier, um, really are people who've been to a country or region with the spread of the coronavirus or who've been directly in contact with the person who's had it or who's uh, been working in a healthcare facility for uh, the coronavirus was treated. Right. I mean, other than that, the risk of you having it in Ireland is really, really, really low. Okay. And so, yeah. Yeah, well, Ray, um, the one thing that, again, I think this is the part that, uh, you know, the rest of us, the ordinary people, find hard to connect because the flu does damage as well, right? Yeah. So what you're saying, if I understand it correctly, is that the spread of this potentially in Ireland, we don't know how significant the impact in terms of severity of cases and ultimately, unfortunately, potentially death will be compared to the knowledge we have of the flu alongside the vaccine for it. Yeah, that's very right, Joe. Now, the thing is that there isn't a vaccine for this, unfortunately. They're, they're working on this. But no, but there's a vaccine for the flu, I mean. Yet. There is a vaccine for the flu, but there isn't a vaccine for, for the coronavirus. Uh, uh, none developed as yet. But the thing is that 80% of people who get it, you know, shake it off and, uh, you know, are kind of have no more than maybe moderate to severe uh, upper respiratory symptoms, the kind of thing you and I get all the time, you know, head cold, achy, painy, um, cough, etc., fever, sore throat, you know. So most people will actually just get that. Um, the, the death rate is about um, between 3 and 4%, okay, so far. Um, now, a lot of the people who become severely ill in us and, you know, the, the deaths in, in reports in Italy were uh, elderly patients over the age of 80 who have other coexisting morbidities like heart disease and breathing difficulties, chronic bronchitis, etc. Right, yeah. So they're the kind of people... Your line's gone really a bit muggy on me there, Ray, if you could just move okay. the phone slightly. Sorry. Right, uh, no, yeah, they're yeah, the that's kind better, of people yeah. that we really need. Uh, okay, Ray, I'll... I'll um, really all right, I'll come back to you in a second. Um, Declan Hughes is uh, here um, from Fly Cruise Stay in Limerick. You see, this this is part of the problem here, Declan. You know, we, we're getting, and it's not deliberate, but we're getting mixed expert messages that mm. I think the public are struggling to fully grasp here. At one level, we are being told coronavirus is very serious and we have to take measures that we have not been asked to take in relation to, let's say, the flu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at another level, we're told that the death rate is relatively low, lower than SARS at the moment. Yes. And also... Um, that most people who get this won't be seriously affected. And, and I, I just think it leads to a bit of confusion among listeners. Yeah, I, I had my good friend Neil Seedman from Irish Travel Trade Network do, doing some fact-checking for me yesterday. And, uh, you know, it's important to, to, to state that anxiety levels are currently in the flux due to the, all these alert levels being issued, you know, whether it's the weather or anything else. So that's that's not very good. 
for uh, general well-being and, and peace of mind for people. But I will say this much. If you look at the, the statistics, 81% of cases, COVID-19 cases, are actually mild. 14% are moderate and 5% are critical. Now, compared to SARS, SARS had a 10% facility, uh, fertility <laughs> Sorry, fatality. Sir, but yeah, fatality rate, right? Whereas COVID is two to four. So to be perfectly honest, COVID is more contagious than SARS, but SARS is more aggressive in the sense. So we have to be very careful. You know, prevention is better than cure. But by all means, you know... The problem it, with this, yeah. Declan, and Ray, I'm saying the same thing to you, is it feels like a mixed message. Mm. And there's nothing worse in communication than a mixed message. Exactly. Ask, ask, ask some politicians, um, Ray. And it feels like yeah. we're getting mixed messages here. I At one level, we're being told this yeah. is terribly serious and people need mm-hmm. to take it extremely seriously. At another le- level, we're told, well, the death rate isn't quite as high and actually, you know, most people won't get it severely. Yeah. Could I, could I just come in on that, Joe? Um, I suppose two things come from that. Firstly, is that there's, you know... Bunny Carl Longo <laughs> used to say, either tell people you don't know or prove it. <laughs> right? So the thing is that what's going on here is that we're still, this is very much evolving. Like this whole thing started in December. Like this basically is two months old and it's very, very much evolving. Initially it was Wuhan in China, then it spread outside China. I mean, of all the cases so far, there's over 80,000 cases, but over 78,000 of those have actually been in China. Now, the transmission rate in China has fallen and obviously has taken off in other countries and has spread to other countries. You know, and it's potentially fatal. It's the kind of thing that if we act to contain it, it's potentially possible that we could contain it. So people are asked to be careful in the sense that we don't want to be just willy-nilly spreading us and, you know, around the place and it can be spread. We all know... Okay, Ray, well, can you explain one thing that listeners have been asking us? And that is, they call off the um, Ireland-Italy rugby match on Saturday week. Um, But Italian fans can still travel. Mm-hmm. Um, they can still come to Dublin or the surrounding areas. They can go into pubs from yeah. the affected region in Italy. They can gather where lots of Irish people are also gathering. What's the blooming difference between that and the match in the stadium? I think, well, personally, I think there's a huge difference. First of all, I think people are being are now very much aware and are being very personally responsible. And I think, um, you know, if you've got any kind of cold symptoms and you come from northern Italy, uh, then, you know, there's a possibility that you might have gone to um, support your country and said, to hell with us, I'm going to support the, the Italians. Whereas, like, it's much less likely that if you've got those symptoms that you'll actually, you know, take yourself, go into a, a crowded pub and start sneezing around the place. Also, the... Um, uh, hygiene measures that we have, uh, you know, that are very commonly issued, sneeze into your elbow, use tissues, wash your hands regularly, um, etc., etc. Don't go out in, if you've got kind of cold symptoms, particularly if you come from a region that, uh, you know, has had uh, some cases of the coronavirus. Like all of these will um, certainly have an effect on people's behaviour uh, and will also... But, but surely it means that other mass events are going to be called off. They're they just probably not, are, yeah. They're just, I mean, what, I mean about, what, about, yeah. what about St. Patrick's celebrations here? 
in Limerick, for example, and around the country? Like all the experts, sorry, I'm, I'm taking off of this, and I, I don't mean to my apologies, but just my, you know, listening to Tony Holland, like, again, this is the issue, Joe. Uh, this is an evolving scenario. Uh, and, you know, you can say, oh, you know, it definitely will be. But, like, for example, for example, if there was a mass outbreak in Dublin on the 14th of March and, you know, you had 100 cases all of a sudden happening, I mean, I wouldn't see the Dublin St. Patrick's Day Parade going ahead. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas, you know, if, like, we're still like we are at the moment with, um, you know, no confirmed cases in Ireland, for example, um, on the 14th of March, it would be hard to see right. that the parade would be cancelled. Well, so I think it's kind of fluid. That would be my okay. reading of it. Well, what about what Cheltenham? These are questions that people are asking and they don't know whether they're coming or going a lot of the time now. I think, Joe, it's a case of prevention is better than cure when it comes to illness. Uh, particularly don't if go it's to contagious. Well, you, I'm not saying don't travel, of course. I mean, I, I work in the travel industry. I, I'm just back from Asia myself and uh, I had the most wonderful time there. Now, I looked at the load factors on the flights and they were 50% full. The airports were literally half empty. A lot of people walking around with masks and this and that. But um, I felt safer over Malaysia than I did actually here in Ireland. I mean, there were 60 people on trolleys in the regional before I left. You know, so I'm asking, you know, does the, would the doctor think we're prepared? Is Ireland prepared? Well, hang on a minute. I want to bring Pierce Keller in here because he's been uh, listening there in the background of the Irish Travel Agents Association. How are you, Pierce? Um, I mean, for example, we're getting calls from listeners, Tom in Corbally, saying, I have a holiday booked with my wife for Thailand and the Philippines leaving next month. It's a trip of a lifetime, but I don't know whether it's wise to go now or not. And another listener says, we have a trip booked to Poland and Tenerife in the coming months. Clearly worried about Tenerife. Uh, but Poland is grand, or is it when I get there? Maybe there will be outbreaks there by then. And what am I entitled to in terms of a refund if coronavirus is a concern? Well, I suppose we're sending out the message that, you know, um, uh, it's business as usual. I mean, the only place, the only country that that the department has, has advised against a total shutdown and travel is to, is to mainland China. Um, everywhere, everywhere else is is open for travel. Um, I do understand people's concerns, especially going to places um, far afield like Asia and that. Um, but, but, but wouldn't you be mad at the moment to go to northern Italy? Um, would, you, would you be mad to go to northern Italy? I mean, in northern Italy, the, the towns that they have, the, the, the towns that named the towns, they've isolated those towns. Um, but not sufficiently to stop Italy-Ireland being cancelled in Dublin on Saturday week. So this is the problem with how confused this message is. I agree totally. It is It is a very confusing message, 100%. I mean, you know, as it's been, as it's, as it's been said um, in the last 24 hours, I mean, okay, the match has been cancelled, but what about there's probably going to be seven, 8,000 people can, can fly from Milan to Dublin in the next, in the, in the next week because there's four or five flights a day from, from, from the three airports there. So, yes, that is going to happen. Um, so it is, there, is, there is still the movement of people, but, I, you know, but in, terms of, in terms of the match, you, know, you would have a concentrated uh, I, number I, of 50,000 people there. You know? I'm assuming that there's no compo out there at the moment, uh, you know, from hotels if you cancel or from <coughs> um, you know, f- airlines or whatever. Does no, well, they're not at the moment. The airlines are running as normal. They're running their schedules. They're running into these cities. Um, and the, the hotels are open for business. I mean, um, you know, in terms of in terms of if people have travel insurance and that, you know, that may come into play. But obviously, you know, they would have to have a clause in their, in their travel insurance policy which allows for um, where the department would say that there's a total shutdown on travel to, to, to that particular destination. But that would normally be within seven or 14 days of, 
of departure and wouldn't well, be for something, you know, eight, nine months out. Declan Hughes, um, is a cruise a good idea at the moment? Yes, I would say so. Yeah, the certain destinations, of course, not not China, obviously. You know, at the time but, being. But did I mean, they have we, to quarantine a ship? We we look at the Department of Foreign Affairs, DFA.ie, is the article of information to go to for people in the travel industry and the people who are planning on travel. Joe, they, if they issue a directive, um, of like do not travel or non-essential travel, then we certainly do not promote those destinations. You know, and we advise not to travel and like. You know, as my my colleague there said, you need to look at your travel insurance policy as well. And you have to ensure that you have that clause. I mean, I'm an advocate for transparency and I I would like to see all travel insurance policies include that clause, not as an optional extra, but as as mandatory, you know, because people need to know what Um, they're covered for. Dr. Ray... um do you think that we're going to get a case here, a confirmed case very soon? And do you think that we will all go completely mad when that happens? Because we do have a tendency in Ireland to go from zero to 100 when it comes to these things. Um, I think a case happening here is probably inevitable, Joe. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is that, you know, it's I think it's kind of like waiting for your leaving cert. You know, like it's all dread and are horrendous and then you know it happens and like you kind of say okay now we'll deal with it like the Irish are very pragmatic so we get a case you know and now the kind of things that we're all kind of thinking about would become No hang on a second Ray you, you were a GP yeah. for a long time right? I still am and, and, and you still are you still are <laughs> but you, you were in frontline practice for, for a very long yeah, time Yeah I still am yeah, So yeah, like yeah. did you did you find then that in situations like this your patients were always coming into you in a very pragmatic and relaxed fashion about these situations. I, well, I, 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 str- no, I struggle to believe that, though, to be okay. honest. Well, first of, first of all, they, 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 the patients shouldn't come in, right? Okay, and that's really important, I suppose. If but somebody, they still do. You know, yeah, no, no, no. But, like, if somebody, for example, you know, supposing there's a, a proven case, okay, so that, you know, somebody has tested positive for a case, um, and you have contacts of that person. So, uh, or the person is at risk because, you know, of the things we've said, they've been in contact or, or they've been in the country or they've come back from, say, Northern Italy or something along those lines and they develop flu-like symptoms. Okay, the important thing is that they don't just walk in and potentially infect an entire waiting room full of patients. So you ring your GP and you arrange to be seen, but you arrange to be seen at a time when, you know, you can be seen on your own, etc. And um, if necessary, the appropriate testing can be taken and there are no facilities in place for those tests to be taken and to be sent off and to be uh, received back relatively quickly. Uh, the patient is assessed as usual. Um, and remember, you know, as... as uh, one of your, Ray, you're uh, not answering my question. There. You're not answering my question. My question <laughs> yeah. is, is there always this wonderful, utopian, pragmatic <clears throat> reaction in Ireland to situations I, like this? Because, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, well, unless we're living in parallel universes here... Uh, no, no, no. No, I think in reality, you know, people are very pragmatic. And I mean, I did find that, and I do find that. that people are very realistic and pragmatic. You know, people don't panic. We we guess, you know, you guess it is what it is. And if you do get suspected cases, I mean, the people that you worry about are, as I said before, the, you know, elderly people with like, comorbidities and that. They're the people you keep a close eye on. They're the people you watch carefully. And they're the people that, you know, you might visit, you know, to, to, to see what the story is. Like, the ordinary 
people who've got, you know, good health, who have no other existing illnesses and who have a baseline of good health, you know, the vast majority of those will get better without right. any problem. You give people a crippling. Okay, you see, you see this is, but this is the problem, right? I, I don't doubt a single word you've just said there. I don't doubt a single word that you have just said. But the difficulty is that isn't the message. We're getting a mixed message. The message we're getting is be exceptionally careful, self-isolate, you know, all of the information that we're getting, call off sporting fixtures, but you're going, well, if you get it, you know. I mean, and and I'm I'm not not denying that what you're telling us is true. Yeah, I'm just trying to be kind of realistic. Yeah, no, I understand that. Panic sells papers and, you know, there is a a degree of, oh my God, it's in Italy, oh my God, it's in UK, oh my God, it's in Austria, you know, all of this kind of stuff. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's happening, it's spreading, like, you know, it's not bubonic plague, um, there isn't a specific treatment for it, but like, you know, most people in Ireland have had some kind of viral infection, often got nasty viral infection, you know, in their life. And, you know, they've got over it. And what I'm saying is that, you know, over 80% of people here, it's mild to moderate. And, you know, yeah. it, it, the fatality well, rate is, is about 24%. Yeah. Well, w- especially for older and people right. with multi-morbidities. Well, so, I, yeah. I, I will say this, you know, it was an intergenerational thing maybe yesterday, but I was very amused on social media by the number of outraged older people who were coming out on Twitter saying, ah, I never got to go on a skiing trip when I was oh, in school. Yeah. <laughs> Tremor is somewhere they got to if they were lucky. <laughs> Are all these school kids going on skiing trips? I know. I was shocked at that, actually. I must get into that game. People, <laughs> people seem more outraged yeah. about that than they were about I the know, coronavirus. I can believe it. How dare they? Oh, I, I got a, you know, a quick trip down the road. When I, anyway. Just goes to show. All yeah. right. Okay, well, listen, thank you very much. Great to see you as always. Appreciate your time. Uh, Declan Hughes from Thanks, Fly Cruise Stay. Thank you to Pierce. Keller from the ITAA and of course thank you to a friend of the show and local GP Dr Ray O'Connor Call Limerick today now on 461995